Miracy. Take the example of copywriting. I didn't just read the book. I wrote copy. I read other people's copy. I started listening to copy podcasts. I took a course on copywriting. I became friends with copywriters that I admire and had them critique my work. Hello, and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters. And I'm here with my co-host, Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Miracy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success. But as we all know, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we learn about learning. I honestly didn't have any idea what this interview was going to be about, which is, of course, my favorite kind. And I found it fascinating, and I learned so much. Our guest is Jonathan Levy, a serial entrepreneur, published author, life hacker, and founder of Superhuman Academy. Jonathan also hosts the Superhuman Academy podcast. He joins us from Tel Aviv, Israel, where he lives with his wife and two young children. Welcome to Jonathan. Now let's jump right into the conversation. I fundamentally and truly believe that learning is the only skill that matters. It's the skill that leads to every other skill. If you have problems in your marriage, that's a learning challenge, right? When I first started this business, my video experience and my content creation experience and my teaching experience were basically zero. I'd never created an online course. In fact, I'd only ever taken two online courses. So I really did not know my butt from a hole in the wall, as my mother would like to say. And I I said to myself, what if I just consumed everything I can about online course design, everything I can about online marketing, everything I can about copywriting, everything I can about video editing, because I didn't know how to do that either. The first month it made $2,500, which was two and a half times my rent. And then it made $5,000. And then it made $10,000 a month. I knew nothing about podcasts. So I read books and I took a course and then it was doing a book and then it was creating my own website and then it was creating membership sites. I can imagine a lot of people listening to this are thinking, well, yeah, that would be cool. Like I'd be interested in learning video and copywriting, but to achieve the level of skill and to really understand it sounds like it would take forever you know, you imagine people with a mastery of copywriting, they've been at it for years. So how is it that you learned so quickly about all these different things that you needed for each step of the way for yourself? I learned from so many other very smart people who've studied neuroscience and learning and the adult brain and theories of pedagogy for decades. And then I formulated them into my own method, which combines a little from each column. It's understanding how the brain works, which hasn't changed in a hundred thousand years and then applying the same principles. One of those principles is the idea of applied learning, right? If it's not in the hands, it's not in the head. Mm. 
very hard to learn a language in a library or very hard to learn to swim in a library. So applying these things, right? It's not enough to read a book on copywriting. Are you actually writing copy every week? Another one that I love is called brute force learning. So a lot of people think, and I think online learning is guilty in creating this perception that I'm going to take this one course because it's the best course on the subject and I'm going to go through it and do every single thing they tell me in the course. And then I'm just going to know the subject. But that's not how real learning works in the actual world. You would not be happy to have a heart surgeon who just followed the exact university course (laughs) of heart surgery and just started doing it. That heart surgeon goes to conferences every year. That heart surgeon did years of residency at different facilities. Maybe they did Doctors Without Borders. They've learned through a hundred different ways. They're reading journals every single week, and then they're supplementing it with you know, their, their actual university study. The idea is that you attack your learning from as many different angles as possible. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn Spanish, it's not going to be enough to go to class or every single day do Duolingo. You need to start reading in the language. You need to start speaking in the language. You need to start mm-hmm. writing in the language. So it's how many ways can you expose yourself to this? And to take the example of copywriting, I didn't just read the book. I wrote copy. I read other people's copy. I started listening to copy podcasts. I took a course on copywriting. I became friends with copywriters that I admire and had them critique my work. So attacking it from as many different angles as possible and not just relying on this one be-all, end-all book or course. How do people know where to start? There are so many resources out there. Even approaching it can be a daunting task. Definitely. So how do you get start with learning a new skill? Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to identify when I learn something new is like, what are my objectives, right? I try to get really, really clear why I'm learning, not what I'm learning, but why am I learning? What are the tangible benefits that I'm going to see from learning this? If it's, I really want to learn French because my husband's grandmother only speaks French and I want to be a part of translating that rich family history, both in and out of the kitchen. That's a real reason to learn French. Or I'm going to go live in France for three months. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to learn to copyright so that I don't need to be dependent on Facebook ads and marketing agencies to generate predictable revenue in my business. I'm going to learn how to categorize the different kinds of bark of every tree in North America because I'm going to save the forests and I'm going to replant a million acres one day. Mm. That's a much better why than so that I can pass this test and become a certified arboreal specialist. That's a, that's a crappy, not motivating thing, right? Yeah. We always talk about entrepreneurs for their own businesses needing a why, like, why are you in business? Totally. So I get really, really clear on that. And then the beauty of brute force learning is there's kind of no right or wrong place to start because you're going to bounce around from subject to subject. The next thing I think about is, okay, what's something that I'm excited about getting into? So I think about the format, I think about what I'm excited about and what am I going to be engaged with? Because my most limited resource with learning is not my time. It's actually my level of engagement and excitement. And if you start with something that you're engaged and excited with, you create forward momentum. Now you're rolling, right? So now you have momentum and you have a jumping off point. And that's what's so great about brute force learning that teaches us it's okay if you don't come away from this understanding everything, because this is one of a hundred different touch points. So a lot of my students are afraid to take on certain things in their audience building, for example. And what I always suggest is go do it first, and then we'll look at what you did. Like imperfect action is the most important thing. That sounds like that matches up with what you're talking about with 
applied learning. Absolutely. I'm so glad you touched on this because I have a very uh, healthy relationship with failure. And so it's easy for me to forget Mm. that part of learning is failure. And for a lot of people, that's the scary part, right? It's like, well, what if I fail? Well, I'll comfort all of you in the audience who are newer business owners. You will fail. And the Mm -hmm. best thing to do is remove that fear. And that's how learning works. Mm -hmm. Very, very few of us sink a hole in one with that first golf swing. It just doesn't happen. There are hundreds of thousands of failed swings that are not that good before you get to one that's half decent. And the same is true with your first sales letter. Go back to any YouTuber and look at their first YouTube video, their first social media post. Go back to their Mm -hmm. first online course. Go read my first book. It sucks. I mean, it's bad. It's like really bad. (laughs) But my third book's pretty darn good. So, you know... Get really comfortable with that failure. And the sooner you recognize right. that and give yourself that grace, right? This is part of the process. You just hit it right on the head. Give yourself some grace. Mm-hmm. The grace to make mistakes, the grace to be bad at first, the grace to have an absolute failure. What's been helpful to me is track your progress because you tend to forget where you came from. Journaling is such a powerful skill for this. Meditation and journaling. If somebody were frozen from maybe overwhelm or they haven't learned much in a long time and they're pretty stuck in a rut, what would you suggest as the first step out of that into the excitement of learning? Yeah, it comes back to the why. Again, for me, it's where do you want to be, right? I was single for nine years and I wanted to start a family. I decided that it was a limiting belief to say this is the only place where learning can't help me and change that. It's like everything else in life, I just learn and I get the result. I was like, what if that's true here too? And I've been wrong all these years. So I changed it to a a learning challenge. And within six months, I met my now wife and mother of my children. Pretty cool story. But one of the things that I learned in that six months of learning how to be the kind of person I needed to be to be a husband and father was that a successful outcome may not look like what you think it will look like. I thought I was going to be with this super type A you know, aggressive Israeli woman. And I ended up with a very loving, kind, sweet, easygoing woman who's not type A at all. And that's a life lesson that I apply to many, many things is success may not look like what I think it's going to look like. You may (laughs) think that what you need right now is to grow your business, but maybe what you need to learn is how to take a step back and just not be involved in your business and let it run without you. Maybe what you need is to figure out what your next business is. So something I want to point out here is you're never done learning anything, really. So I agree in theory and practice. I think it's good to... Like put a limit? <laughs> like I'm done. I think it's good to know when it's time to move on and feel okay with that. Like I'll give you an example. I was super into acro yoga, doing like 10 to 20 hours a week of acro yoga. Then I got to the point where I could do all the things that were like at a reasonable level of safety. And the next step up was where you actually like throw the person in the air and catch them. And I did some of that. And then I cracked one of my own ribs and kind of decided that like, I could learn it, but I don't want to. (laughs) And you could look at that and go, well, I got so much joy out of this and so much fun. What a shame. What a pity. Or you could go, I got everything that I wanted out of that. I studied Russian for five years kind of got to the level that I'm comfortable at, happy at, and lost interest. And that's okay. I'm at peace with it. Sometimes I beat myself up when there's news clips from Russia and I'm like, oh, 
I only knew 50% of those words, but trying to just be at peace with like, I can always come back to it. I'm under the impression that there are an awful lot of people who stopped learning a long time ago and are just going to be what they are and know what they know. And that's it. Do you agree? Yes. We can't help but learn because the world changes so quickly. You know, even your grandmother uses an iPhone now. So she's learning whether or not she knows it. But I think there are so many people who have stopped deliberately learning, who have stopped viewing it as an important part of their life to learn. It's such a shame too, because (laughs) there's no research that indicates that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Plasticity changes in the brain. It's not as easy to learn a language at 85 as it is at five or four, but that's not an excuse. Just because it's not as easy to get into physical shape doesn't mean I should stop working out when I turn 40. There are power lifters who are stronger at 50 than they are at 30, but you're probably not going to be as strong at 50 as you were at 30. That's not a reason to stop exercising. People tend to think that learning means sitting in front of a textbook or an online course, but learning can be learning about other people. Learning can be soft skills. Learning can be learning how to be in the relationship that you dream of being in. So take a broad view of what learning means and then never stop. Because as I believe Einstein said, once you stop learning, you start dying. So let's talk. I hope you learned as much as I did in that interview. Wow, wow, wow. I love that idea of brute force learning and can't wait to put it into action. To summarize what we discovered today, get really, really clear on why you're learning, not what, why. Create forward momentum by starting with something you'll engage with excitedly. Find ways to apply the learning as you are learning. Approach your learning from as many different angles and in as many different modalities as possible. And expect to fail. Get comfortable with failure. Huge thanks to Jonathan for opening my mind, all of our minds, on this topic. To stay in touch with Jonathan, get more of his wisdom, and see what he's learning now, be sure to get Jonathan's gift to you, the digital versions, both audiobook and ebook, of his fantastic book, The Only Skill That Matters. It's the very best place to start to learn about learning. You can grab your copy of it by going to blowingup.rocks forward slash Jonathan. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eaney, our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.
Miracy. I certainly am willing to admit what I don't know. I tend to hold my truths lightly. I try not to have you know, very firm convictions because I recognize that when you move up an organization, your information is limited because you have a greater breadth of responsibility. I'm Sharon Richmond. I'm an executive coach and consultant with more than 30 years experience working with C-level executives. To Lead as Human is the podcast for you if you want to supercharge your leadership by bringing all of yourself into your role. Listen as our guests reveal their hard-won lessons and share their deep humanity. I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I want people to tell me what they think and they're afraid. They were honest to God, afraid to tell me things. It's like, I checked all the damn boxes, but I am so alone and I'm so unhappy. I'm burning myself out. And when I started looking at like, you know, my fears going into the shadows, sharing it with others, the very thing that would be a nightmare for most people in the workplace is the very thing that led me to my dreams. My guests know that the influence they have as top leaders comes with an equal measure of responsibility for all their stakeholders. They not only deliver great results for their customers and investors, they do so by building organizations that provide purpose, meaning, and a healthy work environment for their employees. One of the hallmarks of good leadership is clarity. If there isn't clarity around the goals, that creates confusion, that, that creates chaos. What's the end goal? What are we trying to achieve? And that makes people's jobs more purposeful. And people are clearly enjoying that. People who are making their own decisions, they're significantly more motivated in doing what they're doing. Yeah, I've really seen the maturity and growth of those individuals. And I think that we've now kind of really been able to create a lot of autonomy and give people a lot of freedom to do their best work. So not rocket science, nothing too crazy, but uh, you know, that was definitely a journey. I hope you'll join us every other week as we talk with these inspiring leaders and learn from the very human challenges and successes they've experienced on their own leadership journeys. And you asked me questions that I was like, gosh, I'm not sure I know what my values are. So I know they're there, but I'm not sure that they're articulated. So thanks for asking me those questions. They were hard.